You're listening to Off-Road Garage Podcast, and here are Jason and Jim. And we're live. And Katie. Yeah, and Katie. We haven't updated that yet. Hello. And, and John. Yeah. And tonight, John. John Grounds. John Grounds Race. Grounds. Proving Grounds Race. Oh my God. Proving Grounds Race. Whatever. Yeah, I fuck it up. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody, and we're back. You there, John? I am here. Now that Jason messed up your intro, yeah. <laughs> stepped all over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you win some, you lose some. Hey, and that's what racing is all about, right? But you're a winner. I said we can't, can't all be winners. <laughs> but you are. Sometimes. Yeah, kind of. Oof, kind of. Kind of. I mean, you were there. You did the thing. I was there. You want to tell us about it? <laughs> sure, yeah. It was dusty. It was cold. And uh, I came home. <laughs> And that's a wrap. Yeah. All right, we're Thanks, out. everybody. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Can't wait to the nutshell. <laughs> I mean, you, you just you should, write you, a, you should write the uh, visitor's guide for that. Like, come down to Johnson Valley. It's dusty and it's cold. Welcome. <laughs> I'm going to have a KOH book, Things to Know, and the first page is like a few little things and the other 50 pages behind it completely blank. <laughs> You should, just, you should fill it up with sand or dust when you open the thing and dust all over the wrap. Right. That'd be funny. It's like the, it's like the coffee table book. You, know, yeah. you flip the page. It's like that little intro. You flip the next page. It's just hollowed out and full of dirt. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> <laughs> the spring that launches it across your living room. And then a wet man. <laughs> Here's your shower. <laughs> One lemon-scented wet wipe. You used for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Show the diagram how to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Please recycle, people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know oh, how you keep your boys. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Immediately Let's, down the rabbit hole. 100%. <laughs> but if they expect anything less, I don't know what you expect. I don't know. Man, why. I missed you guys. <laughs> I don't know why you clicked on this show. All right, John. So let's hear about how was, you, how was your King of the Hammer experience this year in 2022, besides dusty and cold? What else went on out there? You, you know what's crazy is that everybody focuses on the race. Like, oh, my God, the race was amazing. Nobody other than race teams, drivers, or, you know, pit crew understand what it takes to get there. They don't, they don't see, like, kind of like an iceberg, right? Like, you see the tip of the iceberg, and that's race day. That's, like, the cars looking pristine and, like, everybody in high spirits and smiles and high fives and booty slaps all right around, you know, in the pits. But they don't see everything else that it took to, to get there. And just like last year when we were talking to you guys, almost around the same time, it's kind of like our anniversary, which uh, I'm, I'm kind of like, I got butterflies about it. Salute. Uh, anniversary. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Cheers. Um, you know, last year for 2021 Hammers, we built a brand new 4,400 Miller Pro chassis. Um, and last year we raced it all season long. And we built that in five and a half months as a brand new 4,400 limited class build. And last year we had multiple podium finishes as the first, my rookie year in 4,400, um, came out second in the East regional points, third in the, um, Northern regional points. And I think overall national championship, we were 12th or 13th or something like that. Hell of a rookie year, yeah. That's freaking rad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll take. I mean, when you're when you're talking about racing against, you know, Eric Miller and Shannon Campbell and you know all the Campbells, um, you know, Vaughn uh, Gittin Jr. and Lauren Healy, and you know, just all these fast guys. Um, you know, it's 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 a stacked field. Yeah. And so, you know, for 
for me and, and our team, we're like, wow, like this is, this is a great successful year learning about this new car and moving forward and, you know, progressing through this opportunity and also like the industry itself in the professional racing world. And alongside of that, still racing our 4570 car. So I did dual driving duties all year long. And I had a good friend, Joe Gatlin from TYOR or Travel Your Own Road, um, co-drive with me back and forth. So we would switch driving duties to get him accustomed to racing that car. So 2022 season, he can race it all year long and I can focus solely on 4400. Um, just growing in the career, I want to focus on one car, not two. It's just easier to manage. Yeah. And so, you know, coming into 2022 hammers, we knew our 4,400 car was like tried and true. We went through all like the new car blues and like fixed all the little things that were, you know, issues for us throughout the year. But the 45 car, we wanted to bring to the next level we were tired of being top five or second or third on the podium. Like we were chasing after that first place and all year long we podium that car in every single regional race that we raced. We were second or third all year long from Mexico to Tennessee to Kentucky, um, Billings, um, Montana, even when we raced in Crandon at the world cup, um, the Red Bull world cup, like we knew that the car had potential. We just didn't know what we wanted to do to get it there. So as dumb racers like we are, we're like, oh, let's make it better. So we worked out with Eric and we're like, hey, let's make a Miller Motorsports 4500 car. So basically take a pro chassis and make it a semi pro chassis. And in four and a half months, we completely stripped down the 4570 and LJ, if you will, and completely turned it into just a full-on racing LJ machine that, you know, has the capabilities of (laughs) taking first place. And the biggest thing we wanted to do, that every race we had different totes. We had a 4,400 tote and we had a 4,500 tote. And so we wanted everything to be ambidextrous. We wanted everything to be universal to where if I blew an alternator on one car, the same alternator would work for the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when we rebuilt the 45 car, we put the same exact motor and build in it. So same LS7 platform with all the clicks and whistles that are in our unlimited 4400 car. The same transmission, turbo 400, the same transfer case, but we changed the gear ratio and the transfer case because we're running 37 just to kind of give it some more bite. Um, But same axles. So now the axle shafts are all the same from spider tracks, like the sway bars. The dash is a complete identical dash to the 4400 car to where if the GPS goes out or the Holly EFI dash, you know, breaks or something goes wrong in a rollover, we have another car that we can just swap it out and continue on. So now everything is the same. So all the totes and everything in the trailers are, are all identical. Either car to work for, even drive shaft, same half shaft and mid shaft for the front end, like exact same. That's awesome. Dude, that's so good. Yeah. It, and it, it just, it made sense as we were doing it because now we're able, instead of buying two spares, we can buy one. Mm-hmm. Like the same power steering setup is the same through both cars. So I only need one power steering pump, one spare ramp, one spare orbital. That'd be versus, so bad. Well, 
Can you imagine you know, the three because, of us like going wheeling and then like we all share the same parts? Right. Oh man, <laughs> dude, that's so good. And, and what last year when we were racing the forty four hundred car, we realized how impactful that was because when we were when we broke a power steering pump in Kentucky, like we went to Eric Miller's camp and he had one sitting in his trailer and he was able to say, "Here you go, like go fix your car." And so having that compatibility inside of our own team just makes us that much more standalone where we're not leaning on another program and grateful for Eric and his team and the Blywers at Big B for like having these parts with them. But we want to get to a point where, you know, they race the East coast and if we're on the West coast and we're racing and something happens, like I can't walk over to Eric Miller's trailer cause it ain't there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it was a struggle in, you know, still running into the COVID lead times. Like that's going to be the forever excuse for, you know, everything these, these yeah. days. Um, but like parts are, are three, four five months out, you know, a transfer case that we placed in February, we got in December. Oh my God. Just, you know, it's a, it's a 10, 12 month lead time. And that's just, that's just how it is. And so, you know, we had to just figure out, okay, in the meantime, what can we do to kind of keep getting around these things? So luckily for us, you know, we had the CAD models or, you know, we built both of these cars in solid work. So from nose to tail, the whole entire car, the suspension, the cycle of shocks and bypasses and bump stops, all of that is all drawn out to where we know every inch of the car and clearance and where we can put stuff. So while we're waiting for something, we can still put others in the car because we know exactly where they go, like to the T. So it helped us build the car faster, already building one newer car, where it made this one that much easier. So from like the grave like to resurrection was four and a half months for a brand new car platform to hit the lake bed. Project Lazarus. <laughs> so good. Right, yeah. like, right, right. Like, and I thought we were crazy. I think when we built the door. Yeah. Yeah. You're not just, wrong. If you didn't just sum up the, like, uh, the glacier aspect of what all it takes to get to the race bed, I don't know what does. Man. If anyone was following that with a calculator. Right. Like, like, I just got a daily, I mean, and that's a big deal for me. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, wow. Well, and, like, we looked at one of our, one of our other buddies, um, you know, Adam, like, great guy, works for Rock Crawler. Like, love you, Adam. But it took him two years, you know, through building a car and, like, going through the motions of, like, typical work and typical, you know, life and, you know, mm-hmm. going through the shows and the events and just being in the industry and not being able to devote all the time. It took him, you know, a year and a half, two years to build a car where we built two ground-up chassis in two years. Like, it's, it's unheard of. Like, we're stupid. Like... <laughs> You know, like, you're kind of like, like a, you're a gambling man. I'll put it that. Yeah, like Adam's Going such a happy man. Like, yeah, Adam's a happy man. He got to like have fun and like live a life and, you know, sun up to sun down. We're in the shop. And, you know, it's the sacrifice of being able to do a program like we're doing to get to the track, to get to the races that sometimes people take for granted where they're like, oh man, like I wish I could be in that seat like i wish i could race i wish i could get there but it's the sacrifice i think that is the biggest thing like time away from your family your friends like on a friday night i'm not at the clubs like i'm in the shop like reorganizing the pallet racks because i don't have any room for like all my junk 
right? It goes back it's to that, must be nice, too. Like, oh, must be nice to be a race car driver. Yeah, you don't realize that I've, I've been living in right. my garage, and I smell like motor oil and trans fluid, and, like, this isn't great. <laughs> it takes everything yeah. you have on every oh, level. All the yeah. money, all it, the time, all the effort, all the everything. It does. And it's not just the driver. Like, it's the team. Like, I, I had motorhomes in, like, my race trailer, like, parked in the parking lot at Flyoff Road, where we build, like, our, our cars and whatnot. And like, I had guys staying there for a month, like just living out of the shop for a month with their motorhomes to build this car because we weren't going to make. Dude, like, you, you are a hell of a like, hot man. I, I don't, dude. Would you think you'd move in, Jim? You think you'd like move in a motorhome and live outside my garage for like a month so we could build a race car? I mean, for the mission. If I'm it, in. If it, <laughs> Katie's in. All right. well, I, I guess I got I'm like. You know, I think I'm like man. But I mean, I don't know how many people I could get to be like, yeah, I'll do but it. But like on a I'll small scale, I'll drop right? everything I can. Come a, live like outside your garage. Just build something red. I on, can't help, but I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> on a small scale, though, we wrenched on the TJ. Right. We that's always true. here every day, every night, fixing my Jeep. I didn't live here, but I'm 22 miles away. Like it's not yeah. a big deal. But that's like right. you got to find people who are more than friends and mechanics he's got like family that works on his truck yeah. with him basically well i, I definitely th- i can see how that adds that glacier aspect like yeah. trying to find those people who are like yeah i'm down dude let's, yeah. let's do this that's right. awesome to me and it's like that facebook post on the day of the event you post it like hey we're gonna go wheeling 30 dudes are interested we're going wheeling tomorrow right. you know 10 guys are interested we're leaving to go wheeling there's three guys there yeah that's gotta be the same right. kind of thing with this like, it, it's the same thing and and i get it right like some of the joy that the teammates have is the success, right? Like they are part of the success. Like they are literally not only digging the trenches, but they're sacrificing time away from their families and, you know, time away from their jobs potentially where they're staying at hammers with us for a week. So like there's, there's so much that me as a a business owner or driver owner, however you want to call it, you know, I look at my team as family because that's, that's what we are. Like, I can call up Joe, I can call up Triple J and say, hey, like, I need you guys here in 30 minutes because this just happened and, like, it's got to leave tomorrow. And and they're going to show up because they know at the end of the day what it means. And, you know, by the time we get to the track, like, we're spent. Like, we're done. Like, we have nothing left in, like, our, our energy to, to move on. But the moment you hit the dirt, the moment you turn on Boone Road hmm. – and you have, you know, our brand new semi tractor trailer um, that we wrapped with fly off road uh, this year. Like we have that. We have, you know, the Proving Grounds Racing Hauler. And, you know, we have motorhome after motorhome of all of our teammates just literally caravanning it. All of that hard work and stress and turmoil and sweat and, and tears and just tiredness and anxiety, all that goes away. Like we did it. We made it. Like we're here. And, I think I got more sleep on the lake bed than I did probably in two weeks total time, like building the car just because like we were able some nights to go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock at night, not two or three in the morning. Like it was great. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> not so not many people would say like the KOH was the easy part. Like that's basically right. what I'm basically hearing <laughs> right. is like the actual race is the easy part. You just get there and sit down on a hammer. All I got to do is drive. Yeah. like, Shit. Two, three in the morning. Holy Are you supposed crap. to be rolling over on Chocolate Thunder or backdoor or something? <laughs> right. That's what? If, if you're right. If you're not a racer, yeah, you right. got a campfire going at back door, and that's what, you're watching Toyotas get into people, people get into fights because they're running over each other. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so you, 
you know, the, our journey starts way before the race and like getting the hammers is, you know, a huge feat in itself. And I know, you know, when we're at the starting line, whether I'm telling, you know, Joe over the radio or like, you know, our, our rugged comms, like if we're saying like, listen guys, you're at the starting line, nothing else matters. It's your race. Like man versus machine. Like you just have to survive. I don't care who's next to you. I don't care who's in front of you. Doesn't matter who's behind you. Like, you're going to run your race and you're going to do the best to your ability from what we just did in the last four and a half months. Um, and, and that's really, like, that's all you can do. We've raced KOH. I've been doing it since 2015. Okay. Um, I've been going to KOH ever since 2012. And, you know, from poison spider days to when I worked at Daystar and the past couple of years at fly off road, like just continual progression, not only in ca- the car, um, ingenuity, but just learning the rocks, learning, you know, where to go, learning how to, you know, take better lines and what is the line. You know, you watch so many guys on race day and you look at them and they're like foobard, like in some like, <laughs> like random location on a rock trail. When they're just turtles and, you, and all four are just spinning. <laughs> like, right. and, oh. and it's nowhere close to where they should be. And like, you just look at them and you're like, how did you even get there? <laughs> Like, what are God's greeners? What are you doing? <laughs> right, right. And and that all goes down to pre-running. Um, this year, Ultra 4 threw huge curveballs, one making Turkey Claw part of the track. Um, and in most years, we never did Turkey Claw because so many campers and so many, like, wheelers would camp around there that it was super hard to um, – patrol that area and keep people off of it this year they added that in because they had the staff to do it and then they added uh king's veto they added masters they added choose your own line they added i was gonna you ask know, you all about these... that they did seem like they added a lot and it they made, added it, it and made, made for good tv <laughs> great it looked good on the youtubes it, and it was it was like i'll give it to dave and i said it the moment we crossed the finish line you know, that was the hardest King of Hammers I have ever raced. Wow. Like, hands down. Like, when Dave came in our cab on Saturday night at 8 at night when we finished, you know, and shook my hand, he's like, congratulations, you know, on finishing. I was like, Dave, you're a madman. Like, that was the hardest King of Hammers I've ever done here. And he's like, good. I got more to come. <laughs> well, I think so. I mean, the cars just keep getting crazier, for lack just of a better evolving, word. evolving, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. So it almost has to be, but man, it's so good. It's an off-road race death match. When the madman <laughs> calls someone else a madman, yeah. right. you know right. shit's about to go down. Yeah. It's, it's right. not going to be pretty, right. <laughs> right? And and so like for us, like the whole entire week, there's racing going on. So like different different days, we can pre-run. Different days, like we have to do photo shoots because the course is closed. So you know, logistically, the time that we're out there is already allotted to all the different things that we had to do. And there's not really like any downtime because if you're not on the course pre-running, like you're fixing a car or we're shock tuning with Fox or we have a meeting with dirty life race wheels, or we're doing a, you know, BFG garage, you know, photo shoot with the cars for, you know, just all of our supporters and partners, you know, while we're out there. So there's always something going on. And if a car breaks, well, like there's a deviation in the schedule. So now like the focus is on what broke, how do we fix it? And for us this year with that new car, we knew that we would run into some issues and we did. 
we ran into some power steering issues, which is kind of typical with a brand new build, not having a lot of miles on it. Um, you know, just with vibrations and things coming loose and, you know, different fittings and just trying to figure it out. So we didn't get a lot of the pre running timing that we wanted because triple J and I could have went out in the 4,400 car, but I knew that if I didn't oversee some of the stuff on the 45 car, when it came through with issues, I didn't want the team to struggle with not knowing where parts were or who to contact for a part, or if we had to go into town for something. Um, and so as a team, we stayed together and we just didn't get a lot of pre-running, which meant we didn't pre-run King's Vito and we didn't get to pre-run masters and we didn't, you know, get to pre-run the waterfalls that we knew would have to go down, like going down sledgehammer or going up, um, the wrecking ball waterfall or going up, um, one of the, um, one of the laps we had to go through aftershock and we had to do the squeeze and aftershock. Uh, through the waterfall there. So just, we didn't get to pre-run a lot. And realistically, like pre-running is, is how you shave minutes and like hours. Yeah, off I, was of- just, I was just going to ask you, John, I was like, that probably is one of the disadvantages of not running the different classes, right? Cause if you run different classes, you would basically run that track the day before, and then you'd be a little more ready for your class. I mean, I mean, am I off there? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. So like this year with Joe being the first year driving 4,500 with Dave bought off, in the passenger seat, who is also the owner of Fly Off Road, um, you know, with them driving, this is their first year, first hammers like together. They raced on Friday, yeah. And you know, with me not being in the car, like, yeah, I'm not getting that um, pre-run or that whole entire like course mental image of like what to do. So you know, these guys take off like a rocket, you know, for for race day. And we literally followed them on the map every inch of the way. And like we had spotters in different spots of like the spectator or like mm-hmm. rock canyon areas just to like understand like if they're in a traffic jam or, you know, what, what's going on. So the whole entire team knew at any given moment where these guys were. Um, that's a lot, and we of, ran that's into a a couple, lot of ground to cover. That's yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. By the end of, by race day, we probably had 25 supporters of our program. And I'm talking people from all over. I had friends from Florida, you know, come out all the way, fly out to Hammers just for us. Um, Geppetto's and uh, uh, Ramiro came out. And then my buddy Matt from Jacksonville came out in, our, in Daytona Beach. Um, Kevin Larson and Sarah and his wife, like, all these people that come out to support a program that they believe in. Like it really is a family thing. Like I, I, I couldn't do it alone. Like even triple J, like just our core team, like we, we can't do it all by ourselves. Like there's, there's no way that we can cover the ground in the pits and the support. Um, it's, it's tough. Yeah. That's impressive. Um, it takes a special kind of friend to want to come out and stand in the desert and just, okay, the, he's he's hung up on a rock, guys. Just let you know what's going on. Or he's in traffic. That, that's right. your job for a week or I whatever. I mean, I'd do it. Right? I would, yeah. But. <laughs> you, got, you got, like, I guess you, you got three more if you want. Just call me. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> this already sounds awesome. Yes, please. I, and that's what I was kind of wondering is, like, what does your – knowing you got the big race on Saturday, like, what – I guess it kind of answers half my question. Like, what does your Friday look like? And that's what I kind of wondering. So, are you focused on their race? Are you trying to think about your own race? Like, just curious. So my my whole entire focus is getting that car to the finish line. Okay. Um, 
whether whether or not I'm in it or not, like that's our team. Like that's my sole goal is is to win. Like years ago, I would have said like we race to finish and have fun. Like I'm racing to win. Yeah, because I know we have a car that can win, and we have fun doing it. But like my goal is to win. Like I don't I don't spend countless hours in you know, monetary value and dollars and partnerships with all these people just to like, right. Oh yeah. Hey, we're going to go yeah. and like drink some beer and have fun with friends. Like, well, no, I, yeah, like, like, I didn't know. It was like, you know, obviously like you said, you want your team to win, which I think is amazing. Like kudos to you. That is rad. I just, you know, like I'm trying to picture my head. I'm like, is this guy like, yeah, you know, like watching the race or is it, I'm thinking like formula one guy, like you're in the back of the trailer with like isolation headphones on bouncing a tennis ball <laughs> against the wall. Like I'm only worried about my race, you know, but knowing that you're, like, you're involved in your whole team, like that just makes it that much cooler. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And you know, so pretty much the whole entire day are, we have like a hospitality trailer is what my race trailer turns into a KOH. Cause we have the awning and the walls. So like keeps it keeps the wind and the dust and all that stuff out, but we have a TV set up and the laptop so we can listen and watch the whole entire race. So we can see, you know, where on the map everybody's at. And we can also hear miles and everyone talking about the race. So, you know, we have most of the crew at Maine and then we use BF Goodrich support um, on the short course because we're on BF Goodrich tires. And I have a headset or a handout on me the whole entire day. And I am tracking and we are communicating from pit to pit of every single update of where these cars are, what place they're in, time split, um, and going through. So that way, not only the crew knows like, Hey, the car's going to be there. They got five miles till they get to you. So you're going to see them in seven to 10 minutes. You know, like these are things that that crew needs to know. So if they're changing out a drive shaft, like it's, it's instant. They already have the tools, the parts, they know exactly what they're doing. If they're, you know, changing a, a damaged caliper or, you know, a brake pad or a brake line got ripped off, like they already know exactly what they need, where it's at, what length, all of that stuff before the car even gets there. So the pit is as quick as possible. That's so awesome to me. You say like changing a caliper. That's like an all day right. event in the garage. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, I got to change the caliper. I got to try to bleed the brakes. That's a 10 to 12 month project yeah. for me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different worlds just, just leave that in like for us, on the line <laughs> right like for us like we we changed the whole entire sub shaft in the front axle in seven minutes oh my god what what, what? 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 teach me so from from the time that we yeah from the time that we put into a pit Jeez. last last year at uh, tennessee we broke um a ctmu joint and broke, you know, the, the, we had basically three-wheel drive. So when we came back around all the way into the pit, the guys knew exactly what we needed. We had the exact spare, thanks to Evan. Uh, he had a spare for his car. And we literally pulled up. They had it on and off, and we were pulling out of the pits in seven minutes. Dude, that's... Like the whole hub, the tire, the brake, <laughs> like everything. trying to compute that. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot compute. <laughs> yeah, I still got like the hourglass is still spinning in my eye. Like, hold on, wait, what? Like, you know, like I, but, for us, like you blow a U joint on a trail, like that's where you're sitting until you fix this because yeah. nothing good is going to come of that. And you're like, ah, oh, we just drove it to the next pit. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like so well, much and I mean, that and that's the thing. Like, you were either either you're stuck there, yeah. and that's the end of your race, or you just keep destroying that you know, knuckle until it finally breaks everything free. And it's just a free spinning piece. 
Yeah. And, and you keep racing again, like we're, we we're racing to, to win. And if we stop and call it there, like yeah, it, we already broke the part, like it's already done. Like just, just it doesn't run. matter. I kind of like just that. Just run it. That's so it's rough. so badass. I'm sorry. That's like, oh man. Like, yes. Enough horsepower will self clearance eventually. Yeah, so self clearance yeah. all the way. Right. Hundred percent. Right. And, and it does, and it did, and we we it drove did. another the, the loop for thirteen mile loops, and we went all the way through the whole entire course in three wheel drive, just hammer down <laughs> till so we got weird. you know till we got through, and they were they were in that, but. But that's the kind of dedication and crew that it takes. I mean, if you look at desert trophy truck racing, like the Baja 1000, a thousand miles, those so trucks, they're winning within like 30 to 40 seconds of each other after a thousand miles. Like they're that what? close. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's so and it's, and it's like every minute, even in ultra four, you know, it, it matters. King of hammers. Yes. Like there's, there's, 10 to 14 hours, depending on what race you're doing to, to finish the race. And so if you do get a flat tire or a failure somewhere, like you have the time to make it up. And we had a couple, a couple, we made a couple of mistakes in the rocks where we had to change, uh, I think two tires for the 4,500 class. And our guys were on it. Like each time they knew like, Hey, we're, we got a flat this is where we're at. We're changing it. When we come into pit two in 15 miles, we're going to need a new spare tire on the back. Like, already knew. So these guys are taking off. They come through pit one, um, go all the way through the desert loop, come back through pit one, car's fresh, nothing wrong, go all the way to main pit, hit main pit where we fuel up, and then they have to do two laps, one desert, one rock. So they come through, go all the way through the rock section, and by the time they hit Sledgehammer, they – caught up to first place and were behind second place. So we're top three and then getting through sledgehammer between winching and the, there was a little traffic jam there just with cars trying to go down the plaque line. Uh, we managed to get into first place until we had a flat tire after taking a wrong turn on um, going up jackhammer. I say wrong turn, just a, a harder obstacle line uh, we ended up puncturing a sidewall and John Matthews buzzed around us. And so we kind of just danced with them pretty much all day. And we landed second place with two flat tires. And I mean, that's, that's really it. I like, mean, it was just, so, so John, like, I guess, I, do you, do you kind of, I mean, obviously you're kind of in contact with your crew, you know, where you're at position wise when that happens, mm-hmm. like, what is that like inside the car when you know you're like first and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, flat tire. Yeah, I should not be driving so, right. like that. Uh, what, like, I just walk me through that because I imagine as, what I would go through, but I want to hear the professional side. <laughs> as a driver, two things happen um, or two things can't happen. One, you can see red and overdrive the car because you want to stay in that position. Or two you can start thinking chronologically and logistically of how far is second place behind me? How many miles do I have till the finish? Right. What issues is that team running with this past race? Like anyone in the pit in contact with that team to know what's going on with them. Do they have a flat tire? Are they having power steering issues? Are, do they run out of fuel? Like those things all matter because if we have 20 miles to go and it's only desert and second place, is less than a minute behind us, 
I'm telling my guys, like, never lift and keep going. You're in first and you have to, yes. you have to beat them yes. by a minute and 30 seconds because of, you know, the, the start, the start time for each car. So good. Burn and, it down. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell them to push it because, I mean, that's, that's the end goal. Like, if you wadded up in the desert because you're pushing for first, I'd much rather see my guys do the best and the hardest and drive that car all the way to the extent, all the way to the limits. And if that's what it, if that's what happened, then I know that they tried everything they possibly could to make first place. Yeah. That's so awesome. And, and, and it's, and it's the same thing. We knew that when John Matthews passed us, we knew the time limit that we had from him to us, which he was first, we were second. And third place was so far behind us that even if we pushed the car, we weren't catching John Matthews. Right. And even if we lazy, I don't want to say lazy daisy the car, but even if we drove consistently and just, you know, kept it under wraps and just kind of kept doing our thing, because you, you got to think, you, you just, you just flogged the car for 200 something miles, like, or 150 miles on the EMC. Like, the, the car is starting to feel it. Yeah, I mean, I could so, I could definitely see that decision because you mean you know thirds a ways back. You got time to fix that flat, get back on the track. There's a good chance the dude who just passed you is gonna you know I mean, wad it up too. Yeah, yeah he could easily right. wad it up. So yeah, no hundred percent because he's trying to catch you. Oh, right. my God, you guys play chestnut checkers. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. It's Man, all it's life. all strategy. <laughs> it's all strategy, and you know when when you look at you know the Gomez brothers, like look at their team. I mean, they won forty four hundred. And they have an army that comes out. And in the same way, like, they are literally driving checkers or wreckers. They are going because they want to win. And yeah. that's their main goal. And they're going to do whatever it takes to get that car onto the podium. They seem and, like they go hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, it's, they got great cars to do it in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when, when our guys crossed the finish line, you know, we, were all, we all knew, like, where they were coming around because we saw them on the map and, you know, we, we knew before they were coming down resolution that there was a power steering issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we busted one of the seals in the ram in the front, and so the car only turned to the right, wouldn't turn left. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Been yeah. there. So, <laughs> so that sucks, going down resolution and to the desert when you hit a whoop or, or a G out and the car just darts oh, to the geez. right. Um, so, you know, we, we just, you know, bring it home. Just, you know, keep it consistent. Don't want it up. Don't overdrive it. You're, you're solid second place. We'll see you at the finish line. Oh, we and can, sure we enough. Can, we can kind of relate because we had a trip where the ZJ <laughs> kept wanting to dart towards lumber trucks on the highway <laughs> at 70 miles an hour. So I know how that goes. That's about as close as yeah. relating to that story as I can get. I just want to throw it out there. <laughs> I don't think I could sleep in a 4400 car, though. <laughs> no, he was, snor- he was snoring and he'd wake up and we'd be headed straight for a lumber truck. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you, you cross that finish line and it's it's crazy just the overwhelming feeling um when we finished king of hammers when i finished king of hammers the first time it took me five years to finish king of hammers um and i finished back to back 18 and 19 um and doing that was was huge i'm sorry 19 and 20 and, and that's huge because it's like all that hard work, everything that like you just did to get there, like all of that paid off, like the team, like the morale, like the, just everything that you could think about 
that you were like, why am I doing this? Like, I just, I should stop racing. I should throw in the towel. Like, I'm going to go do underwater basket weaving because it's way yeah. easier. <laughs> oh, like, you have no idea. Like, I was telling uh, some people before, I was like, that is like my Super Bowl Sunday. And I watch that on TV and I take up the whole living room and the whole family I have is like, why are we watching this? This is dumb. And I'm like, th- because this is like my Super Bowl. And then, like, a guy like you crosses the finish line. I'm like, I know that guy. This is why I watch this all day because I've talked to that guy. He's awesome, and I fully support this. I'm like, you can't say that about Super Bowl, all right? right. <laughs> Maybe you can. I can't, but I know. Yeah, Someone might be able guy. to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and what I, it takes yeah. to get there. It's yeah. it's a feat. It's incredible. Yeah. It, like you, you know, it's so it, good. And, ran, and that that good. I was going to say I ran a marathon one time, and it was kind of the same feeling. It was a terrible choice, but Ultra 4 is definitely the way to go. Don't run. Yeah. Don't don't <laughs> take up running. <laughs> but that feeling of like, man, that's what I spent all that time and all that effort, and it you have that one moment makes it all worth it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And and it does. And it, I mean, it shows, right? Like the, the team effort, the, the support, you know, everybody's effort in the pit, like the fast changes on the tires, the fast changes – you know, on just keeping everybody hydrated and just understanding where everybody's at and the communication. Um, I learned in 2020 that communication is one of the number one goals in winning in a race. Um, and I sat down with rugged radios and Steve and, you know, talking to Greg and them and just saying like, it's incredible what communication can do internally to understand like how to go the next leg of the race or how to, you know, fix an issue before the car even gets there to understand like what they need. So we, we finished, we finished second place for 4,500 EMC. Uh, Joe Gatlin and Dave crossed the finish line, probably around like three in the afternoon mm-hmm. and um, all smiles, you know, big checks, you know, champagne bottles. Just, it was, it was great. Like it was, John, where do you cash those big checks at? Yeah, right. I just always wanted to know. Um, I, I doubt well, I'll ever receive one. So, but if in the case well, that I do, well, we tried going to Wells Fargo with the big check, and <laughs> they wouldn't do dick with it. They wouldn't do anything with yeah. it. Like they were like, nah. Like, but it like, you guys are honest, like I was like, that's hilarious. Like, try I, to put it in like, the ATM machine. To, you like, <laughs> you know, it won't fit through the door that way, but you try it anyway just to. Yep. Oh, yep. it's so good. Yep. That's us. That's us. That's us. Wait, wait till the video. Wait till the video comes out. That's great. Oh, cannot wait for that. I just imagine like Happy Gilmore. You know, he's got the back seat and it's just full of a big cardboard checks. Yeah, it's, it's Happy Gilmore. One hundred percent Happy Gilmore. One hundred percent. Yeah, shooter. You're like shooter trying Gavin to over deposit here. it on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> you got people holding it. Right, right. We're trying to do a mobile deposit, taking yes. a picture of it. But Flip we have, it over. We're on the ladder. Got to take a picture on the of the backside. So tall. <laughs> Endorse the backside <laughs> with a sharpie. The sharpie, <laughs> a freaking four-inch wide paintbrush. <laughs> right, right, right. So, and what what's so cool? Like, we ended that day at three in the afternoon, and oh, Triple J's calling me. Sorry, Triple J. Boom, send a voicemail. Hi, Triple J. Um, <laughs> Denied. Triple J. I'm on a podcast. Um, well, you can answer it if you want. Because... <laughs> I should have I buzzed him in. I should have buzzed him in. Because um, he would have loved to talk about our race. Um, you know, we finished at 3 o'clock, which is great, because that gives our whole entire team the night to celebrate, you know, and, and rejuvenate for 
another long day of racing on Saturday. And, you know, we put a radiator in our 4,400 car after we finished in the 4,500 class because the radiators are the same. Mm-hmm. Like we had a pinhole leak in the 4,400 car that we found out literally two days before the race. And we're like, well, what are we going to do? And it's like, well, if that car's still alive, we're taking that one. <laughs> oh, so, ah, like, you cannibalism. Know, Rob from Peter, yeah, Rob, Rob from Peter to pay Paul. Absolutely. Um, Does that help you move again. forward? Like knowing like, all right, we get, like, that's got to bump up like the excitement level of the team, right? Like you just did this on this day. Next big race right. is coming. Like, oh, you guys are gonna be amped. Right. right. Like it's the morale, right? Like everybody is pumped. Like there's trophies and there's like all these things of success. Is that, is that added pressure to you though, as the driver? As a, as a driver, yes. You never want to let your team down. Like the team knows the consequences. Like last year, 4570, we blew the motor at mile seven. Ugh. Like, so, yeah. So, like, all that hard work and prep and everything, like, blew the motor mile seven. We're done. We're walking back to camp. Heartbreaking. That is, that's that's the glacier right there, ladies and gentlemen. Like, like imagine putting all that stuff together, mile seven. Oh, no. Right. Right. And and that's racing, right? Like, you're either winning or you're losing. Like, it's, there's there's no in between. I mean, yeah, it's great to be top like five and first top ten. Or last. And it, right, right, literally. I mean, that's not true. You can you be know, second. You can be third. Hell, you can be ninth. I don't, I don't even know why I said it. I was high when I said it. <laughs> I was high. Oh. <laughs> so, so you know, like it's it's great being there, like all of our partners in our marketing program and like all the things that we do in the blind light for the industry, you know, whether we pull the motor or we podium, like we're giving the same amount of exposure and marketing to our whole entire program for, you know, what we're building. Like, I remember we blew the motor last year, triple J and I, we stepped out of the car with the helmets off and I'm on like Facebook live. And I'm like, well, we're mile seven and we just blew the motor and you know, Oh. Triple J is like kicking the kicking the tire, like you stupid piece of junk. Like, oh. you know, is that one of the moments? But, like, I mean, if the helicopter's hovering over you, you just chuck your helmet and put on a show. Yeah. Some people like, right. <laughs> get that marketing like, money. You get the camera, like to zoom in on you. <laughs> right, right. So it's you know you take the good with the bad. So you know winning on the podium. I say winning. So second place on the podium. That's a huge morale boost, and it does put pressure on you know the next day because again, you never want to let the team down. Right. And they know the consequences. So come race day, you know, Triple J and I in the 4400 class, you know, we qualified, I think we were the 20th off the line for like qualify or like during race day. And we knew that we got to survive. Like we haven't finished KOH in this 4400 car because last year we broke a CTMU joint. And we didn't have the parts to fix it. And where we were at, we were like in the middle of like the rock section canyons and stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like we were winching every single 15 feet because we just had a dead wheel. Um, So we knew like we had to keep the car alive and we changed up a few parts. Like we run the Yukon gears now or the Yukon super joint. Um, They're stronger than the CTMs, which we learned through our failures and mistakes. Through breaking, you know, things, lesson, breaking yeah, lesson, lesson learned because we have over 55 degrees of steering with a lot of bind and pressure on those U joints to where a, you know 
What? You know, fatigue can happen. <laughs> oh, I just made you going back. Like, hey, this is broke. I need a new one. <laughs> um, so we, we take off, you know, green, green flag drops, and we just, you know, start our mall crawling day. Um, oh, and we're, cru- we're, we're cruising through the desert, and Sunday we hear like, yeah, Sunday cruise, 70 miles an hour through the woods. And we're just like, we hear King Kong underneath the car, just like destroying the car, like destroying the car. We're like, what in the, like, what's yeah. going on down there? You're like, Jeep so stuff, we, just roll through it. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, going. like something is dead on the car. So we pull over, Triple J hops out and he's like, well, dang man, I don't see anything out here. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, all right, well get back in and let's keep going. <laughs> And so we kept going, and then it got like worse and worse and worse. And we're like, "All right, Never we just need to back. <laughs> we need to like back it down." So he gets back out, and um, he's like, "Well, dang man, I still don't see nothing, but it looks like that engine skid plate. We're gonna lose it." And I'm like, "All right." So call into the radio. Hey guys, pit pit one. We're ten miles out from you. This is what we need. This is the parts. This is like because Triple J has fully built these cars with me, like. He knows everything, every size, me, Triple J, and Joe Gatlin. I was just like, going to ask that. Like, how do you guys, like, do you have a list of what needs what, or are you guys just hands-on that car so much that you know exactly what size nut, what size bolt, and what size wrench you need to fix that? Everything. We just know exactly Everything's exactly so, what size. And, and each so pit, each pit has the exact specific tools for specific items that in the case that we need to change a hub it's a seven minute interchange. If we need to change a drive shaft, it's a five minute interchange. Like each pit is set up for that. So they know like this is the assignment. Oh, that's so good. Um, so, oh, so we pulled in the pit one, they splashed fuel and they fixed the engine skid and we went to main pit. We thought that was the issue and it wasn't because we could still hear the noise. It wasn't in the drivetrain. Like, like I couldn't feel it in like a bent drive shaft or like something rubbing or, or anything like that. Or like the gears, you know, winding or anything. Mm. So, I, I told Triple J, I said, listen, dude, we just went the whole entire desert lap and nothing fell off the car yet. We're, we're just going to keep going. And so we stopped at BFG on lap one, got a full tank of gas. Joe took off some of the, the shields, thinking that maybe the shields were like causing the, the vibration or noise or whatever King Kong underneath there was doing. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, all right. So we take off. Probably 20 miles into lap two, I lose comms with Triple J. Like, can't hear him at all. Like, I'm smacking my helmet, moving the cord, and every now and then, like, I can get, like, a static a from terrible. him. Yeah. But, yeah, but something was wrong. And I'm like, Christ, like, now there's no communication between me and Triple J. And I can hear the radio, like, and Joe says, hey, you know, confirm mile, you know, 115. I can hear him relaying back whatever Triple J said, but I can't hear Triple J. So, you know, going through this, I'm like, all right, well, Triple J is now doing hand signals. And <laughs> giving you the number one all the time. <laughs> right. Like hand signals are super tough because, you know, he's, he's in his, you know, peripheral vision giving a hand signal where for me, like I'm now looking away from, the road or the course to look at what he's doing and trying to judge, is it one through five? You know, like, you know, he's trying to, you know, give me that. And then it's, it's just tough. Like, yeah. 
it's just super tough. So we go, we go all the way through lap two, like finish lap two. Neither of us get out of the car. Like we just haul all through the rocks. Just the, the Miller cars dance through the rocks, like straight axle, hundred percent, like no issue, no nothing. Just for sure. Freaking just cruise. So what's funny is that we had the same first and second lap as the EMC race. We we finished our two laps two hours faster than the 4,500 car. So (laughs) that's how much faster and more capable 45 is from 44. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Two hours. Two hours. Two hours. With with failure, you know, with stopping in the pit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, it just goes to show like the sheer gravity of like what these cars are built for and like the separations between classes. Yeah. And, and they're almost identical cars. You know, they're almost both full Miller chassis, but you know, there's trailing arms and suspension, you know, geometry is yeah, different on the rear of both cars and tire size. So a 40 inch tire fills a hole a lot, a lot easier than a 37. Right. You know, and the, the EMC cars, you can only have 14 inches of travel. So, you know, you run into these, these, you know, differences where it's all, it makes up time that much more when you have that suspension. You really wouldn't think it would make that big of a difference, but there you go. Two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, two hours. That's like gap. It's, right. That's, that's the gap. <laughs> that's crazy. And, you know, like I told Triple J when we hit lap two going into lap three, like we were spent completely spent. Like I told him like, dude, I'm exhausted. And he's like, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Me too. But we got one more lap to go. So shut up and keep driving. (laughs) Right. What are you going to do? Quit. Right. 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 Like, doesn't matter. Like this is, this is what, this is what we do. Suck it up. And so we, we take off for lap three, right? We're coming out of like BFG pit and lo and behold, there's a Bronco parade going on through the hot pits. I don't know if anyone saw the video that we posted of like these Broncos, like lazy Daisy driving like a parade down the hot pit. John, I want you to hit the pace car. Yeah. (laughs) So like, dude, we are on the horn. I'm on the throttle. Like I almost run into one of them because he believes that he's going to pass. Like he's going to cut me off. And I'm like, fool. let's be honest here. I'm in a trophy truck, and you're in, like, my grandma's SUV. It's going to be like, awesome. So, like, Excuse me. he slams on the brakes, and, like, we we roost them and, like, just roost all the dirt and the rocks and everything on the car. And... Like, they yeah. knew there was, like, a race going on, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's advertised you, somewhere? You guys got the memo. Yeah. Like, we're coming in hot. Like, I don't understand what was going on, and, like, you sack you know, came running over in the like super apologetic. Oh my God. Like we're so sorry. Like yeah. we're going to credit your team the time. Like that shouldn't have happened. Like, like you like, know, someone misjudged what? that. I was like, all right, the Broncos cars, they can run the little lap at like two o'clock. And you know, someone They're was late. Waving, like, someone was in the bathroom. Hey. I think didn't leave till two forty five. Hey. <laughs> right. Right. And here comes like, John Jones. Like, Watch out. <laughs> Do it in the morning after all the cars take off, where you have an hour between, like, you know, the the leaders coming in, where you know the hot pits are. 
Well, they're just so warm it, pigs, it yeah. Just, yeah, it, yeah, lukewarm. Lukewarm. <laughs> so, People who so, never got you know, line, tragically. So we had that, and, like, our guys tell us, like, over the radios, hey, they're crediting you guys the time. Don't worry about it. Don't get frustrated. Like, just focus in on the last lap. So we're like, all right, let's do this. Like, the one thing that we realized after lap two was that, like, we were completely getting beat up in the car with, like, the knocking and the banging, like, everything that was going on in the car. So where most people are like, oh, my God, the desert's miserable. We want to go swim on the rock. We're like, oh, my God, get us out of the rock. So let's hit the desert. Like, <laughs> we, we, need, we, need, we need some, like, recovery here. So we hit lap three, and we knew going into lap three, like, we're finishing in the dark. There's, there's no way, because lap three, we had to do five harder new trails. Like lap three only trails and from the time frame it took us to do lap two, we had to add all of that plus five new hard trails that we've never seen before. We never saw before. Why not? What could go wrong? Hey. YOLO, right? Yeah, right. Let's do it. Send it. So, you know, we're we're just doing our thing. We're going through like outer limits and spooners and we're, we're passing carnage. We're passing cars wadded up. We're passing just like dead cars with like no rear axle on it or like a trailing arm, like sticking straight up out of the ground because like somebody <laughs> yard filled or like, <laughs> oh my God. you know, like this all of these I things die. are like, man, <laughs> glad I'm not that guy, <laughs> you know? And so like, Unfortunately, a lot of these broken cars are in the direct line of the trail. So now you're, you're not you're, only like you're replacing playing dodge them cars at seventy in the desert. Is, is there a bypass? <laughs> right. Where's the bypass? Right. Bypass for this. Like, I would like a bypass. You'll see, like, oh, there's a fire extinguisher. Oh, there's a high lift. Oh, there's the tire. Like, <laughs> you'll see all the parts that were coming off. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't even like kind of think about that of all the tool bags and all the things like people just lose. Like, I oh can only God. imagine that. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, You're just well, getting peppered with wrenches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> minefield of tools and high lifts, spare tires. It's true. And, uh, I mean, even I for us, like they don't highlight that on the YouTube, John. Sorry, no, I wasn't aware they of don't. that. They yeah. really don't. They don't zoom in on the it's the things you the, don't think of. On the yeah. yard sale of spare tools right. and spare tires. Yeah. Oh, well, one so year, good. like we had a rear-facing camera, and I, I the, the first year, which was also the last year I did this, but. I was like, oh, I'm going to put a tool bag in the tire carrier with a three-way strap. That strap, that bag is going to stay in there nice and tight. <laughs> on my GoPro rear-facing, I could watch every single tool. The, the bag kept moving and moving and moving. The zipper slowly started coming further and further out. And, like, ejecto cedo cuz like, <laughs> every <laughs> single tool, socket, wrench, freaking, you name it, it was flying out of there until there was just up a left. Like cartoon characters jumping out of the car. <laughs> Ten millimeters yes. everywhere. Yes. yes. Bye. So, uh, you yep. imagine your your freaking your whole race gets wrecked because somehow like a ten millimeter socket just got sucked up right. into the engine, into your turbo or something, <laughs> just destroys the well, whole like drive right. belt or something. Is that a fruit well, we fly? Lost, no. <laughs> this year we lost on the forty five car, and we didn't. We lost one on forty four too. We thought we had a good place to put spare drive shaft on the car. And it was a good place. The mounting was not a good mounting. And we actually lost um, 
the spare drivetrain or spare drive shaft on the car, and it took out the rear sway bar on the 45 car. Oh. <laughs> Just because sheer weight and location of it, like yeah. something had to give, and that sway bar was like, nah, I'm out, dude. Yeah. Like, like oh. the SpongeBob on the head out. That's what that thing did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're explaining so, so much. This has gotten so major. Right. But, like, the, these are the things that you don't think about when right. you just, like, oh, I just want to race or I just want to go, have, you know, like, <laughs> and, and compete. Like, you got to keep things on your car. Right. <laughs> Step <laughs> like, one. So important. Keep the car so running. Step two. Keep the shit on the car. <laughs> like, the bumper sticker honk it that falls off really does apply, guys. Like, yeah. this is a real thing. Uh, do you have that on the car? Because you should. You should, yeah. We should. After this race, we should. And then the one that says, I'm stupid. I think it was the one he wanted to put on the car. <laughs> or we're stupid. <laughs> right. So, like, we get to the next pit. We fix the comps. It was the actual – we switched helmets on pit one, thinking it was the helmet. The helmet didn't fix it, so we're like, okay, we need to fix this. What else could it be? So we fixed the actual cable that went to the back of the um, uh, the elite intercom from Rugged – all the way through to the helmet and that fixed it. Like we, we had calm and I'm like, triple J I never thought I'd ever say this, but I'm so glad you can talk to me now. Like, <laughs> I can hear your voice. This is, this is great. Um, and so we fixed that. We went, we went all the way through, um, lap three, did masters, the outer limits, booners did the waterfall at wrecking ball. Like it was nothing. Um, got foobard in, um, aftershock. Like, I don't even know how I did it. Even Triple J's like, you're an idiot. How did you get there? Like, again, I was that guy. Um, we got a front tire, like, wedge between a rock and a hard place, and it wasn't moving. So we had to, he had to hop out and, like, winch us all the way, like, sheer left just to, like, get us out from the rock uh, without breaking a U-joint. And so, like, that started the chaos of lap three. Um, the one thing that people don't think about is you've – You've already been in the car for eight hours. Like, you are fatigued, you're tired, like, you're drained. Mentally, you're drained. Physically, you're drained from holding yourself into a car, getting out, like, doing all these extracurricular activities, like winching and pulling and stacking rocks and doing all these other things to keep the car moving. Well, we have four more hours to go. Oh, like, we're, we're not done. Sounds like so much fun. And so Triple J is just keeping the car moving. There's a couple of spots where we had to winch just because whether it was a bad line or just we didn't want to wreck the car, it was just safer to winch. Time-wise, we already knew that we were in top five. Like, it's okay. We, we knew we weren't there, and that's okay. Our job is to finish this race to the best of our ability so we didn't finish last year. So we're racing to win, and but we're also racing to keep this car together. And we knew we were in top five because our, our guys already said, hey, top five is crossed the finish line. Like, so we knew mentally where we were. We started the 20th pair off the line, which meant we were 40th from qualifying. Yeah. So by the start of lap three, we went from 40th to 25th. Hmm. So picking our way all the way through, just cruising all the way around, um, we hit King's Veto probably at – I don't know, 6.30 at night, 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. And it's dark at Hammertown, you know, at this time in California. So 
King's Veto is like the tabernacle of things that people shouldn't drive vehicles in. Like this, this is the thing that like God has said, <laughs> you know, 11th commandment. Thou shalt not, shall not do this. <laughs> you right. idiot. Right. Right. Like apparently Dave Cole didn't see that commandment because <laughs> this, like it was just, it was intense and gnarly and, not only one, we didn't pre-run it, but now I'm running it for the first time in the dark. I like, I'm like it. I like it. Why not? Yeah. Look at the John. Send it. I love things it. Up. So, you know, we have all, all Casey highlights uh, as our partner um, through our program. So, like, we have every single Casey light on trying to light the way. And, like, all we see is darkness and shadows because there's just drop-off after drop-off after drop-off. Like, they say don't go chasing waterfalls. Like, this is what we're doing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Like, Keo, TLC would be pissed. Oh, that's right. You got a TLC reference in there. This is a great episode. I love this, John. Every year, this is why we do this. <laughs> I figured you only do it once a year because I do this. I wasn't sure like it was a good or a bad thing. Yeah, we can do it more. We'll talk about that later. Well, it's probably, it's probably better for this because it keeps money in Jason's pocket because he's over trying to figure out how to build a race car right now. <laughs> no, I, I've tried to be keeping a mental track so far. Um pfft. He lost. Who he said knew you join. I was about over budget. <laughs> you didn't lose me at KOH. You lost me at K. Yeah. <laughs> Can't. No. Sorry. So we we get in the King's Veto. We have all the lights on. You know, we're we're spent. Like we have done everything we possibly could. Like we're so exhausted. I got arm pumped from just driving back and forth and just you know all day you know cruising through this thing. And Triple J is exhausted. Like, I don't know how much he really wants me to, like, talk about it, but, like, Triple J is on the brink of, like, he's spent. He's done. Like, fully exhausted. He's, he's rescuing his own buddy speaking in tongues at yeah. this point? Like, what's happening? I totally just imagine. Yeah, he's so we're, <laughs> we're, we're winching spot after spot because we're trying to get around cars that are stuck in King's Veto Jeez. because it's a graveyard. It's literally a graveyard of cars because people are just scattered. Well, so, like, well built cars too. Right? Well, like, yeah, like excellent, and, right? Right. And put it to you this way: these are cars that were faster than us because they were in front of us. Because King's Veto, you only had to run on lap three. Oh shit, that's promising. <laughs> so every car that we're winching to or around is a car that we're passing from position because they they broke. It's a, a straight Indiana Jones, like yeah. Temple of Doom. You know, he like walks into the cave, there's all the headless corpses. Like, oh, this is right. working out well. This is like level eight <laughs> right. of Super Mario, yeah. right? Like, you, you've this reached the final boss. This isn't going good. Yeah. Everyone's dead. Right. Okay, you're alone. Right. Good luck. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're obviously trying to do this as fast as we can. And, like, Triple J is exhausted. Like, he's throwing up out of his helmet. You know, oh, like, wow. Like, he lost me. I mean, just she. <laughs> sheer exhaustion right like i mean it's kind of like i ran a 5k once and it was miserable but like at the end like i was chucking chucking logs too because like i was just <laughs> bent so you know and he's got a radio in his hand we don't have bluetooth in the helmet so we, like he carries a radio when he goes outside like a handheld so we can still communicate versus like hand signals and yelling and screaming and flicking each other off <laughs> so you know he's got a handheld and when we hit king's veto like he's outside the car but the team can hear everything that we're saying because we have like repeaters and we have everything. So, you know, he gives me a 4415 radio check and I say, come in loud and clear. And then the team says, we can hear you loud and clear. What do you need? 
And so I'm on the radio and I say, Triple J and I are in King's Veto. Radio silence until like we're through this section. And so no crew, nothing. There was no reverb. There was no relaying messages or monitoring, nothing. Like it was just pure silence at, you know, seven o'clock at night. It's dark. There's not a lot of action going on because most of the race cars are either broken or behind us. And so, you know, Triple J stumbling and he's, you know, on taking a knee, you know, just trying to catch his breath. And like they hear us arguing back and forth through all of this, right? And so, you know, Triple J starts getting fatigued. And I kind of like, I have to throttle it back because it's seven o'clock at night. If I rush Triple J into the car, to try to get him in. Like, I don't need him more sick than he already is. I don't need him to get motion sickness. I don't need him to pass out mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I need, I need him in that car to finish this race. And so, you know, through this whole entire time, the whole entire crew is listening to our conversation. And so I'm like, triple J catch your breath, take your time, like relax, breathe, like, Kind of like a dad moment to like their kid of like, it's okay. Absolutely. Like, yeah. This this is the last rock section, and we're going home. Like this is all we got to get through, and we're right here. And so like, you know, every all the whole crew is listening to this. Like it's like the moment on like Armageddon when like the um, what's his name's like talking to his daughter, and it's like all like sad and emotional like. There was like empathetic music playing in the background. It was it was great. I can hear it. Um, and and you know Triple Triple J's younger. He's, he's he just turned twenty four this year, uh, a little bit ago. And his parents are at the pit that we're closest to that we would see next. Like, and so like his parents are hearing all this. Oh my god! You know. Ugh. And and so it's like you know I'm trying not to like alarm them too to make sure that they're not like oh my god like our kids gonna like be dead on the rocks and like a mountain lion can eat them. <laughs> so, so I, I, I think that we sat there probably for five minutes. Joe J caught his breath kind of like, you know, we have camel bags in the truck or like in the car. So straps in, you know, once we get all the way through, um, you know, takes deep breath, straps in, drink some water. Um, you know, we just kind of like, Hey, we got two and a half hours before our time is called for this race. Like, we know where we're at. We know who's behind us. We know what position we're in. Because right now, we're in 21st position. Like, all we got to do is send it home. That's yeah. it. Like, we got 20 miles to, to the finish line. And there's nobody in front of us. Like, we are the only people in front of us to that finish line. And the guys behind us, there was only one person behind us at that moment that was still going. And they were an hour and a half behind us. So no pressure. Like yeah. we were sitting, like we knew that we were good. Yeah. And, um, you know, we got to the pit. Um, we both got like clean rags and cleaned like our visors and got fresh water. Um, I think we both had like a granola bar and just, you know, we took that little bit of extra time knowing we had it before we continued down the next 20 miles of desert to go down resolution and, and cross the finish line. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, it's insanity. It's an epic tale. Right. It's, we will hit 800 feet. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Bruce Lewis. Um, <laughs> but, 
but seriously, I mean, that's that's one of the things. Like, you all like I look at King of Hammers as there's so many points in the race in the week that like it's easy to give up. It's easy to say like, oh, I I don't want to do this or oh, I can't do this or you know we we get stuck in the motion of we don't know what else to do. And one of the things that like you keep pushing on for is at the end of the day, you never want to have a what if, or I should have done this. Mm-hmm. Like you never want to look back and be like, man, if we just would have done this or push a little harder, we would have made. I could have done this. Nor Gertz. Right. Nor Gertz. Oh, amazing. And, and so we finally crossed the finish line. Like it's, I think 10 o'clock at night. Um, or no, it's eight o'clock at night. I'm sorry, eight eight or nine. I don't know. Jesus, it was only three weeks ago, but it feels like a year ago. Um, we crossed. I don't know, maybe nine o'clock. I don't even know. It's a blur. <laughs> it was dark. It was dark. It's all and like, we we get we parked up on the stage, you know. And Sherwood J and I just look at each other. Like we get out and like, you know, huge hug and like just just ecstatic for every bit of hard work of what we just accomplished. And it wasn't just about the car and us finishing, but the, the road getting there, not winning or not finishing the year before in that car. Like that's a brand new car, second KOH and like almost hit top 20. We're only 26 cars crossed the finish line of the 21st. So out of 101 cars. Um, so, you know, a third of the race finished or the racers finished like a third. Which makes that race that much more cooler. <laughs> like, as long as you finish, you're kind of like one. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And, and, you know, we want to get to the spot where, like, we're battling with Eric Miller and the Blylers for, you know, podium positions. Like, we want to get there. But we know that on that car, the first thing we got to do is finish. And then from finish, move forward. Yeah. It's you such know. a random, that race just, I mean, you could have the top team, the top car, and like you said, you'd be out in mile seven with a blown motor or, and it, yeah. it's just, and that race is such an yeah. equalizer of, of men and machine. Right, quickly. <laughs> it, and it really is. And like, I pride the guys that are single seaters. Cause I like, don't know how they, they do have, it. That is insanity. Right. Well, not only that, but they have to like, they have to ask a question and then answer that question themselves. And like, that's the definition of insanity. Like it's okay to like talk out loud, but when you answer yourself, that's different. <laughs> and like, I feel like yeah, for, as long as for, you uh, address yourself, wait. it's not as crazy. <laughs> we hit a nerve. Like, I, I, right. <laughs> 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 Real raggy. You good? Yeah. You're, all right, cool. We're all good here. Every time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, like Triple J is my voice of reason, right? Like I could see red and trying to pass somebody and triple's like, Hey, back off some, like they're overdriving the car. Let them make the mistake and we'll get around. Like he's that voice of reason, the passenger seat who sees a different opportunity than I do. And I have to trust him because like he's, he's who I have with, like he's the ride or die. Right. Like, so the, the combination of driver co-driver is super important in these things to, to understand, like, the full trust and, you know, direction and call outs. Like he's looking at the map, not me. I'm looking at, you know, the 30 yards in front of me, depending on how fast we're going. Like we hit um, Emerson Lake bed and we're at 132 miles an hour. 
and like he's on the gauges like this is where this is where the gauges are this is how many miles in yards that you have until the end of this emerson lake bed because we map it out on the gps and we pre-run like all these things matter so i'm not going 132 miles an hour and there's three foot whoop section coming up and i'm gonna you know toss my salad you know and yard sale the car because you know we, we did we weren't prepared for it Right. And some of the videos that we posted this year, we actually had the helicopter on us while we were going down Emerson Lakebed. So while we're going 132 miles an hour, we got the helicopter the whole entire time going through it. See, it's so good. <laughs> it's such an epic story. Yeah, I love this. So I think uh, if you guys, I, I know Flex Rock and Rollovers did like a cool uh, 10 or 11 minute like excerpt on our program and fly off road improving ground. And they had a lot of that footage in there. So if you get a chance, check out that video that they post on the oh, YouTube yeah. channel. And it's for sure. It's, it's rad. Um, but like, it's just, you have to put full trust in, you know, your co-driver, just like your, your co-driver's got to put full trust in, in the driver because at the end of the day, the driver's making the decision. Right. And you know, that's, that's their life in someone else's hands too at that, at those speeds or at those, you know, you see all the time where, you know, people get air, air lifted out. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a team effort in the car as well as outside the car. And, you know, triple J kudos to you for, you know, growing with the program. He's been <laughs> racing with us two years now. So, you know, he's as a younger kid learning the sport and growing in his, you know, engineering career, you know, he's, he's done a killer job. So, you know, super happy to have him on the team. But it was just, you know, from building the car every single night for me, him, Joe, and, you know, just having the success of two cars back to back, finishing one on the podium yeah. and one you know, almost top 20, you know, that, that right there was like the, we couldn't have asked for, for anything better. I mean, obviously winning would be better, but <laughs> yeah. for what we got, it ain't is, all bad. Is for, right. It ain't, it ain't bad at all. No. Oh man, dude, that is super awesome. Um, Dude, I think we're so good. super grateful to, to hear all that. I mean, that that was like... Really I can smell a dust. Yeah, right? I got dust in my nose. Yeah. I want to go live life now. Yeah, right? Yeah, oh, I'm man. Ready. Um, we're kind of... We're, we're over an hour. Uh, I think... Um, I, think I don't know if you're, if you're good with it. I think we'll, we'll call it kind of here. I think it was awesome. Um, is, before we wrap it up, is there anyone you want to thank real quick? Yeah. Uh, realistically, man, just every supporter of the program, every partner we have fly off road for pretty much everything. I mean, our facility is based out of their building, um, our whole entire racing program for proving grounds. Um, we have clear rich tires, you know, all of our supporters, the dirty life race wheels and box shocks, uh, rugged radios and Warren winch and factor 55, uh, PRPC, just, you know, every part of what we do, we wouldn't be able to do without them. Tom Woods drive shaft, uh, spider tracks, um, axles and um, I mean I know there's so many more ORW Serena at uh, SDHQ uh, Klein Engine for giving us killer motors um, yeah just everybody really on, on our program I mean there's I know there's so many more that I'm probably forgetting that are yeah, going to put you on the spot yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they do when they, at the end of the race they just jam that and we want to thank you um, yeah Right. And Miller Motorsports too. I mean, Eric and them are great. I mean, anything we need, like usually it's reaching out through a text or phone call and they're on it. So it's, it's super good to have, you know, just their support and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And I probably wouldn't be here rambling on about 
you know, my dirty lifestyle to you guys. Dirty lifestyle. Dirty mm. lifestyle. Dude, it has honestly been a pleasure. This is awesome. I guess makes me excited to do things. We have go, dreams. I'm going to go wander dreams. the desert now and pick up parts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go do it. <laughs> <laughs> look for that he gets a some metal tools, detector, build yeah. our own car. <laughs> look for that 10 millimeter. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> so many of them. That's where they all go. Oh, man. <sighs> So good. All right. I think I think we'll wrap it up. Thank you, sir. I, dude, it is honestly, it's been such a good time. Such a pleasure, as always, talking to you. And uh, I think that's a wrap. Killer. Well, I appreciate you guys having us on. And uh, yeah, see you next time around. Dude, you know it. You know it. Anytime. Until you know next the number. Time. <laughs>